But this is the inspired, infallible word of God. Let's pray before we read it. Holy Spirit, open our hearts and minds now to your word that we might clearly understand it, that we might gratefully receive it, and that we might faithfully apply it to our lives for Jesus' sake. Amen. And now hear God's word to you and me this morning as Paul writes in the ninth chapter of 2 Corinthians beginning to read the first verse. Paul writes, Now it is superfluous for me to write to you about the ministry for the saints. For I know your readiness, of which I boast about you, to the people of Macedonia, saying that Achaia, that's the area where Corinth is located, has been ready since last year, and your zeal has stirred up most of them. But I am sending the brothers so that our boasting about you may not prove empty in this matter, so that you may be ready as I said you would be. Otherwise, if some Macedonians come with me and find that you are not ready, we would be humiliated to say nothing of you for being so confident. So I thought it necessary to urge the brothers to go on ahead to you and arrange in advance for the gift you have promised, so that it may be ready as a willing gift, not as an exaction. Please pray with me again. And now, Father, as my words are true to your word, may they be taken to heart. But as my words should stray from your word, may they be quickly forgotten. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, amen. What in the world is going on here in this text? Well, there was a pastor shaking hands at the door one Sunday, and a little boy came through the line and handed him a quarter. The pastor said, oh, you forgot to put this in the offering plate. The little boy said, no, 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 that's for you. The pastor said, well, son, I, I don't need your quarter. Please take it back. No, I want you to have it. Son, I don't need your quarter. Yes, you do. I know you do. And the pastor says, what makes you think that? He said, well, I just heard my dad talking to a bunch of people back in the church that you're the poorest preacher in town. <laughs> the mother church of the early church, the church in Jerusalem, was about the poorest church in the Mediterranean area. Area. It was hanging by a financial thread, and Paul's, as he writes this letter, he's on his third missionary journey, and he's turned it into a fundraising journey, asking every town he goes to to make a contribution to make the church in Jerusalem solvent again. And he's gone through Corinth, and they've promised him the previous year a big gift that he can pick up on his way back going through Corinth on his way to Jerusalem. And that's, that's what's going on here. And so the generosity of Christians across the Mediterranean area actually did undergird the mother church there in Jerusalem. Did you know the only reason we're sitting here today is because of the generosity of some Christians across the United States that bailed this church out from financial insolvency back in its early days? This church was planted in 1846. Its first 13 years, they were hanging by the financial thread. They, they were on the ropes. It, that thing almost collapsed many times. In 1859, this church had its second pastor, Robert Bunting, and they worshiped in what's called the old adobe down where the courthouse is, and they had grown, they had outgrown that. They needed to build a sanctuary. They had no money to build a sanctuary. They didn't even have enough money to pay the kerosene bill. And so Bunting goes to the elders of the church 
and does a fundraising journey. He was gone for nine months. He traveled over 10,000 miles. He went to New Orleans, Memphis, Nashville, Louisville, St. Louis, Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, New York City, Boston, with his handout. And the generosity of Christians across the United States made it possible for this church to build its first sanctuary. In fact, it was so successful that they laid the cornerstone four days after he returned to San Antonio. And that original sanctuary is about where the new Frost Bank Tower is. This is our third location. And Christians' generosity across the nation salvaged this church. Now, generosity is infectious. And for the past 164 years after that, this church has been infected with a gracious generosity that has borne great fruit for the kingdom of God in San Antonio, Texas, United States, around the world. Let me give you a figure to chew on, a number to chew on this morning. The number's 33. That's the percentage of the budget of this church that goes out beyond these walls that plants churches, as you saw in that video, that takes the gospel to the least, the last, and the lost, and becomes the hands and feet, compassionate hands and feet of Jesus to countless people in the inner city of San Antonio and across this whole planet. You are a generous congregation. It's infectious. Isn't generosity infecting? You know how when you're trying to get in line with the traffic's heavy and somebody goes and you come in, what are you liable to do a few minutes later? It's infectious. You know, there's something I discovered as I was wrestling with this text all weekend, saying, give me something! I realized how funny this text is. It's hilarious. And it's also an attestation to the authenticity, the integrity, and the veracity of Scripture. You know, if the Christian faith was a bunch of myths that people colluded together to, to make up, they, the writers of the scriptures, wouldn't make themselves look bad. I mean, look at Paul here. He looks kind of bad. Let's walk through this text. And it's, I think it's hilarious. Look what he writes in verse one. He says, it would be superfluous. That means unnecessary, over the top. I don't need to write to you about, then why are you writing this, Paul? Um, for me to write to you about the ministry for the saints. That's the gift that the Corinth church had promised that Paul could pick up the next time he comes to Corinth and take it to Jerusalem. I don't need to remind you about that. I, I trust you. But then in verse two he says, I know your readiness, your zeal. In fact, I've been bragging about you guys all over Macedonia and telling them how zealous you are and how ready you are to, and it's fired them up. And it's fired the people in Jerusalem up. And then verse three, but, <laughs> here's Paul, I trust you, but, but what if some Macedonians come with me back through Corinth and you don't have the gift ready? What if it was all hat and no cattle? Well, I mean, we're gonna look like a bunch of nincompoops. I'm going to look, I'm gonna be humiliated and so are you. So I'm gonna send a couple of guys on a hit. Not that I don't trust you but just kind of make sure. And then look at uh, verse five. 
So I'm going to send these guys on, and the gift I know, I know will be there, right? And it's going to be a willing gift, not an exaction. What's an exaction? That's a euphemism for what the mafia referred to as breaking your kneecaps. No, 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 Paul's not really saying. It's more like he's saying, I don't have to twist your arm while he's twisting their arm for this gift. So, you know, this text, what Paul's doing here is he's practicing what I titled this sermon. The title of the sermon is Trust But Verify. I first heard that from Sashan Siv, one of the members of this church, a former U.S. ambassador to the United Nations. And he said Ronald Reagan would say that phrase, trust but verify, all the time to Gorbachev as they were staring each other down in the Cold War back in the, in the uh, 80s. In fact, in 1987, it was reported that Gorbachev got so sick of Reagan saying, trust but verify, that he said, you just repeat that at every meeting, stop it. Well, that's not a saying that Reagan thought up. It was given to him by a Russian historian, a woman named Suzanne Massey, and it's an old Russian proverb. And it supposedly it actually rhymes in Russian. And she said, this would be a good one to use on Gorbachev. So trust, but verify. Trust, but verify. That's a good principle for life in general. Only one person should you trust and not verify. That's God. Every other human being, we're all just abject sinners. We talk a good game. We, all, we don't always deliver. Even with best of intentions, we still mess up and fail to carry out what we want to do. So it's good to trust, but verify. Now, Paul's over his skis. He's running around Macedonia, shooting his mouth off, bragging about the Corinthians. And now he's worried, whoa, what if they don't deliver? I'm really going to look like, you know, some kind of nincompoop. Now, this is Commitment Sunday, but I'm not going to ask you to give anything. I want to do what Paul did. I want to brag on you guys. I want to brag on you guys. Coming back to First Pres after being away for 26 years, I come back and I find this church. Well, it's shocked. The last two years have shocked me. Every Sunday, I sit in the pew and I look at the budget figures of this church. They're printed up every week. Chris, did you ever pastor a church that was half a million dollars out in front of the church budget most of the year? I'm looking at it going, whoa. There's an old adage and it's true. Money follows vision. And the leadership of this church, you obviously trust them. You obviously trust them. Your generosity is unbelievable. That allows us to be one of the founding members of the San Antonio Church Planting Network. And our goal for this congregation alone is to plant 30 churches by 2030. We've got six up and going. Your generosity enables us to do that. Did you know this church founded the Christian Assistance Ministry right up the street there? It founded the San Antonio Metropolitan Ministries, the first homeless shelter ever in the history of the city. That's morphed into Haven for Hope. It was this congregation, your generosity, that enabled us to found the Christian Dental Clinic downtown. Morningside Ministries, which is a kind of a community for the elderly, this church owns one-third of that. Mission Road Developmental Center back in the 80s was going under financially. 
then your infectious generosity passed on to you by generation after generation enabled us to literally financially bail out Mission Road so that now hundreds of developmentally handicapped people are ministered to in the name of Jesus Christ. Did you know we're the only church that we know of in America with a sonogram down in the basement underneath the sanctuary? Every week, babies' lives are saved here because of your generosity. I have the privilege of serving on what's called the Mission South Task Force focused on Mexico, and um, our fearless leader, Kathy Scruggs, is right there. Did you know, because of your generosity, we fully fund 12 prospective Mexican pastors and church planters every year. We want to expand that. Your generosity is unbelievable. I want to brag about you guys wherever I go. But I want to finish this sermon and do a little flip on the text. Trust, but verify. The verification for you guys is all over the place, so we really trust you. But I want you to think about your leadership. You have great pastors here, and they can be trusted. I know all of them personally. But verify. But verify. What am I saying? Don't ever believe anything that I preach from this pulpit or any of your pastors preach until you verify what they say up against the word of God. Sunday school teachers, you ought to trust your Sunday school teachers if you're in a Sunday school class or your small group leader, but verify. People can get off the rails. Your job as a covenant partner at First Presbyterian Church is to trust your leadership, but always verify. When I went to Highland Park Press, um, the associate pastor for Christian education came up to me and said, Ron, we have a rogue Sunday school class at Highland Park, no way. And he told me, yeah, they say they're beyond the Bible. I thought, oh, this, this guy's, you know, there's no way. And that class, it was called the anchor class, they asked me to come in early on in my ministry so they could get to know me and they asked me to do a talk on, I think it was the incarnation. And uh, so I said, you know, the incarnation is the greatest miracle ever occurred that Almighty God actually became one of us without becoming unlike himself as God and actually became fully human, fully God in the person of Jesus Christ. And after I finished, any questions? Well, they began to kick back on that. I'm like, what? So, you know, I was like, well, look at the Bible. And one of them raised her hand and said, we're beyond the Bible. I had a meeting with the leadership of that class. After that meeting, all 85 of them as a group headed down the road to a, a liberal Presbyterian church. <laughs> Trust, but verify. What about the elders of your session? They're the leaders of this congregation, not just your pastors. Pastors are part of the session. Trust, but verify. I know just about all of them personally. They're all Bible-believing, born-again, Christ-centered Christians. But I tell you, to a man and a woman, they're also abject sinners. That's, that means your job is to trust them, but verify. Whatever the session does in this congregation, make sure it lines up with the word of God. The reason we left our previous denomination 
is because there was a lot of trust going on, but no verification. And that thing went off the rails big time. And it's your job to never let that ever happen again. You don't have to be suspicious of any of your leadership. Just always trust, but verify according to God's word. That's what will ensure that this congregation remains infectually generous for years and hopefully till Christ returns. You know, Louis Abendon was a senior pastor here for 32 years. I had the honor of being his associate for 10 of those years. And Louis, a lot of times would say this, he says, for God so loved the world. But the only question that remains is, are you and I going to allow God to love the world through us? I'm proud of you. I brag about you because your unequivocal answer has been yes, yes, yes. Trust, but verify. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you that you can be trusted. And most of us can be trusted most of the time, but not always. So help us to always verify your word is the guardrails for every decision, every sermon, everything done in this church. And help us to be united in trusting you and trusting our leaders and each other, but verifying it according to your word that you would be high and lifted up in your kingdom advanced here in San Antonio and around the world. And we make our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.